Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Would you say that was the peak? Probably, yeah. I would say that was the one, the time I enjoyed my career the most. Uh, too, like, it was just a crazy experience, like, just to... Because, like, you, find, you, like, kind of dream of it, innit? Like, your first start for your country, where I stopped playing football... Like, I was just not enjoying it. So I was playing, like, and I just wasn't enjoying it. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not getting paid for it. It just got so many views. Like, well, for me at the time, it was so many views. And then I started reading all the comments and I was like, oh, so, like, everyone's just hating. Like, I felt like, I don't know, I felt a bit, like, anxious. Do you know what I mean? I was like, where's this come from? This week on the 490 podcast, we're joined by the next rising star in the EAFC content creation world, Sara Guzo. We talk from playing professionally for Poland, scoring goals on the biggest stage, to what is next potentially for Sara in YouTube and Twitch creation. This is an episode you do not want to miss. Welcome to the 490 podcast. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Welcome to the 490 podcast and it's safe to say Richard we've got a bit of a different guest today we are very much through season one of our podcast but we're continuing to spice things up. We are every episode is a certified banger and today is no different Uh, we have got the first ever woman to come on the 490 podcast she's one of the fastest growing EFC creators on the space right now taking over TikTok you'll have seen her potentially raging at the game, maybe get a little bit angry with the desk, but she's going to be joining us today on the sofa to talk all things real-life football, playing for her country, and what is coming up with FC in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think she has a subscription of Ikea, potentially, the amount of desk she's got through. Um, it's Sarah Guzzo. Welcome to the 490 podcast. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm excited to be here. Please don't break our desk. Yeah, I'll try not to. <laughs> it, costs, it costs a lot of this studio. <laughs> um, we always kick off the full nightly podcast with a pre-match drink of choice. What is your pre-match drink of choice? And I mean, you've gone for a pretty standard option, to be honest. Yeah, to be honest, this is the way to go. I love it. It's my favourite drink, to be honest. And I drink it on stream all the time. So, I don't know, Coke Zero or something about it. FG went for a Coca-Cola as well. He went full fat, full sugar. Mm. That is better, to be fair, but, you know, if I drink so many of them a day... Coke Zero or Diet Coke, what's what's the difference here? I don't know. Is there, there any... a difference for Coke you? Coke Zero is much better. Yeah, I think this is better. They taste a bit different. This tastes a bit more sugary, so I don't know what they've added to you it. You did but... have a Coke Zero at about 10am this morning. <laughs> I wasn't correct. happy. I wasn't happy with you. Um, no, no sugar. <laughs> does, what, doesn't what, count. What have you gone for? Um, you know the drill. If you don't know the drill of Brandon Smith, it's a coffee again. It's freezing in this studio as well. We've gone, as always, you can't see what's inside. You can imagine, though. It's an Americano from me. Um, I mean, you've, you've had a Coke Zero already uh, before the podcast. <laughs> you haven't gone for another Coke Zero again, have you, Richard? What have you gone for? I've not. I've, I've gone back to my roots where I say it's probably going to be some sort of orange-flavoured drink. And we've gone with a Lucashead Sports, the standard six-a-side, <laughs> play 12 minutes, squirt it in the mouth. It's a it's a solid sports drink, probably the. 
I would say the best sports drink. The best in the game. We've never done this before as well on the Full Nightly Podcast. Comment down below or let us know what would be your pre-match drink of choice. We've obviously quite a few guests on the podcast now, but Sarah, we have to speak as we always do. Take us right back to the start from maybe where you grew up, um, maybe starting out in, in playing football and how you had your journey into professional football and then we'll lead all the way up to today as we go through the Full 90. Yeah, sounds good. So firstly, like... I'm not from England, obviously. I'm Polish and Italian, so a bit of a mix. Um, moved here when I was like three from Italy. So my mum moved and I'm fuming. I could have been in Rome, living a lovely life in the warm weather, but I'm in England. Um, and yeah, just started playing football at the age of seven. Uh, all my friends at school were pretty much boys and all they'd play was football. So I was like, okay, I've got to get good at this, whether I like it or not. And then I started getting good at it and I was like, oh, I'm actually doing all right. So I started enjoying it, started playing more and more. Um, all my friends were pretty much playing for the same team uh, back where I used to live and I just joined a boys team as obviously there was no girls teams around um, and I just loved it so much and my mum was like this is only a phase you know you probably want to do something else and whatever and then I just kept playing football kept playing football would go out after school every day you know when you go out with your friends after like primary school secondary school always playing football so I think at some point my mum realised like oh okay she actually wants to do this but obviously back then it was like just playing for fun because you know how like Kids nowadays want to be a professional footballer because obviously it's a great job, but also they know the money that comes with it. Like for me, it was just genuine love for the sport where like there was no money in women's football, but I was just playing it and like hoping that one day there could be an opportunity. Um, and yeah, I signed with that team till I was about like 11 or something. Um, and then 12, I went to their rivals just to spice it up a little bit. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, my friends were a bit like, what are you doing? But you know. Um, and then I was told that I have to get a girls team, but I was like, there is no girls team. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Because obviously at a certain age, the girls and the boys have to separate because of like, I guess you grow up differently and stuff, whatever. Um, so I got scouted for QPR, played for QPR for a little bit. I don't, I, I was so long ago, like I don't really remember that stage of my life at all. Um, and then I just continued playing, went to Chelsea for a bit, Chelsea ladies, but it was more like a, I didn't really play like a full season there. It was more just like, you know, like a couple of games and stuff. Scored a few goals for them, to be fair. Had a little picture in like, you know, when you get the little leaflets, like when they send out leaflets every month or whatever. So I had a little page in there. So I kept that, bought in WH Smith. And I was like, right, played for Chelsea, it counts. <laughs> and then, yeah, I don't remember. Where did I go after Chelsea? When you when you sort of, you're growing up and you're playing for these teams, QPR, Chelsea, um, I'm sure we'll get on to the, a little bit later in life where it maybe got a little bit more professional in some sense as well. Did you ever find it hard to balance sort of going to school, playing football? Like, was there a was there a moment where you were like, you know what, this is actually, I'm pretty good at this and I think I can do this. Like, was there any pushback from, you said your mum were like, yeah, you'll just grow out of it. Um, I just feel like the travel that you had to put in was a major setback because... At some point I realised, like, maybe when I was, like, 12 or 13, I started seeing a bit more opportunities with the girls and stuff. Like, oh, it could actually be a full-time job and whatever. Um, but, like, when my mum's a single mum, I have a little brother as well. And, you know, you have to travel to training, like, once or twice a week when you're younger or whatever. And then you have a game on the weekend that might be away and stuff. I feel like that was the biggest setback where it's, like, there's so much going on in your life, whether it's school and problems at home or whatever. And then your mum has to find that time during the week to take you. And obviously, like she did, so yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but I feel like that's the biggest like setback that, you, that I had personally, just like making sure that there's time for everything. 
um and like making sure that my mum obviously like has enough money has enough time to take you there because some of these games are like an hour away in central london so that's basically a whole sunday gone just dedicated to football um so i feel like when my mum realized like okay it's not a phase then i started doing like one-to-one sessions uh with a coach that was like training a few professionals and stuff and then she probably started getting like really invested in it which obviously helped me because i was like okay you know when your mum supports you doing something it just changes everything like you're like okay if my mum supports me then i could probably do this um yeah so. so so did your brother have to travel to all the games as well that's then? why he hates football now like he hates football he doesn't support a team he doesn't want to watch it he hates it when to do it in pe because when he was little he was just dragged to every single game every single training session whether he was staying in a car or like just running around in the cold like yeah he hates it now <laughs> so to, you mentioned qpr was the first team was it a trial or was it to, to scout you yeah, so they scouted me and then they didn't get back to me for ages. So I was like, oh, like, I got really excited because after this game I played, I think I scored like three or four goals. So it was nice because when I was a girl and I was an all boys team playing against all boys, my team was very like supportive. Like they weren't like, oh, there's a girl playing over me. Do you know what I mean? It was very like, oh yeah, like you're a girl. It's kind of cool. But then when we played other teams, they'd always be like, oh, there's a girl on their team. Clearly they're low on numbers. Like clearly we're going to win this. And then I'd go ahead and score like three, four goals. And it was just such a nice feeling. I was always like, <laughs> did, Do you remember the moment or the match where the QPR did come down? And- yeah, so it was, I don't know where it was, probably just somewhere in London again. Um, but I remember like, you know, when you know you've played well, like, and you come out at the end of the game and you're like, oh, that was a good game. Like I'm looking forward to the next one. And then my manager was like, oh, QPR scout was here, by the way. He was um, looking for the boys, but like, obviously he saw you playing and started explaining stuff and blah, blah, blah. So I got really excited because I was like, oh, like, this is the first time an opportunity has come up. And I feel like you always need a little bit of luck to make it in football, even if you're like the top, top level. If no one really s- spots you when you're younger, you're never really going to know where to go to get that guidance. And for me, I was like, oh, cool. Like, my manager came up to me, like, you've been scouted for QPR, da, da, da. and I got so excited. I was, like, buzzing. I've told my mum. Like, my mum was like, what's QPR? Because she's foreign and stuff. So explaining QPR to her was like, you know, they're down this league. And she's like, oh, is that good then? And I was like, mum, just let me be happy. <laughs> and um, anyways, and they didn't actually call me back for, like, two, three months. So I was thinking, oh, it's over. But then got a phone call. And one of the friends that I used to actually know, like her dad was working at QPR. So he made the whole process kind of quicker. Um, and I think I must have been about like 12-ish. or 30, I don't really remember, like everything happened so quick. But I remember going down to my first training session and like, I was like, I was so nervous. Like I can't explain, like, you know, when you're going for like your driving test or something and you're literally like shaking. So like, that was the equivalent for me on my first trial. And I just remember like seeing all the girls there, but they're all a little bit older because I was at that age group where it was like with the girls, they didn't have like, you know, every year boys have like under 11s, under 12s, under 13s. At the times it would be like under 11s, under 13s, under 15s, like there would be a gap. So I was playing with basically the year above kind of thing. And I played a training session with them. And I don't know, the manager was just like, oh yeah, you're in. So I was like, okay, cool, sweet. After first training session, they was like, yeah, we'll have you down. So obviously then I was like, proper just training more and more because I was like, okay, this could actually be my job. Like my mum was taking me, I think we had training like two, three times a week in the game. But again, it was still like a level that I knew that I could push forwards to. And then one day after like maybe like half a season or something like that, my manager was like, we're going to get you playing with the girls above. But then that was two years above. So I was like, are you sure? Like they're a bit bigger than me, you know what I mean? Because when you're like 12-ish and someone's like 15, 14, it's like a big difference obviously. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. But the only thing was that put a lot of pressure on me as a kid. And I actually ended up leaving QPR out of choice because of the everything was just like, 
I feel like I got on with the girls so much at a younger age and then I got moved halfway for a season into a new team and your confidence just drops a little bit. One, because you're playing with older players. Two, because it's a whole different squad. You don't have like your best mates in there anymore, whatever, you've got to try and make new ones. Um, so I said to my mum, like, I want to quit. She's like, what? Like, you want to quit after a season with them and da 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 da. And I was like, yeah, but it'll be fine. Like, I'll get something else. And she was like, like only if you're sure you want to quit, then quit. But I was like, mum, I'm not feeling happy going training. I'm like, oh, I've got training today. Not like, oh my God, I've got training today. And if you're not excited about something that you're doing later on, then there's no point of doing it. So yeah, I quit. And I was like, yeah. And I dropped down all the way to like this team called Kempton. It was literally just like a low league team just to like see how things go. Um, yeah, so that was that part of the QPR life. <laughs> you move forward then a little bit in life. Um, football is always uh, a factor in, yeah. in your life. In terms of sort of your age at this point, when you left QPR, you what, 13? Yeah, about that. 13-ish. So you, you go through the rest of school. Um, when did football get re-entered at that sort of professional level back in? So then I played for like, uh, like I said, I was playing for Kempton and then I started playing for Reading. I played for Oxford for a bit. I played for Charlton for a bit. So that was just like each season. I, I could never stick with one team for more than a season. It was a really weird thing I had as a kid. So my mum was like, when you're older and you have a job, like how are you going <laughs> to stay in one profession? I was like, I don't know. This will be my profession, hopefully. So um, yeah, so I just switched every single season, new team, new team, trying to always get like better, 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 better. Um, and then my first opportunity came around. This is actually a really weird story. So I don't know if you guys saw, but some of the content recently we've taken on an asteroid. I was actually near my old house. And like, I was playing for, I think it was, oh yeah, it was Millwall back then. So I started playing for Millwall because my friend that I met at the Astro, she wasn't really my friend, like me and George, so my fiance, we was just going around for a kickabout like we usually do, because obviously like we was both trying to make it. So we was both trying to like train every single day, every single day after school. And I was like four, 15, I think. And she just saw, there was this girl that was just walking along. She was maybe like 23, 24 at the time. And she saw me play football and she just walked up to me and I was like, okay, this is a bit weird. And she's like, you're all right? And I was like, yeah, you? Like, what, what's going on? And she was like, oh, I play for Millwall and um, just wondering if you wanted to have a kick around like with me at some point, because I come down here quite a lot. I live around the corner and I was like, yeah, sure. Like, okay, but Millwall, obviously I knew there was like in the championship. So I was really excited. I was like, to George, I was like, oh my God, did it. As soon as she walked away, I was like doing a little happy dance. And then she um, messaged me a couple of days later, like, oh, do you want to go into this Astro again? Like have a little kick about. So I played with her and stuff. She basically done like a mini trial on me up nowhere. Like it was really weird. Like she was like, okay, well, we'll do some passing and stuff. Can we just get the cones out? Can yeah, we have a little? <laughs> she took the cones out. She done some fitness testing on me. I'm like, what is going on? But I was a kid in it. So I was like, okay, cool. Anyway, so she was like, oh, I'll play for Millwall and I'll ask my manager if you could come down for a session just to get you in early. And I was like, I'm 15, almost 16 at this point. So I can't play professional football until you turn 16. So I was like, okay, like this is really weird. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, okay, I just got to go with the flow. It is what it is. And then, um, so I met her literally randomly, went down to the first training session and I recognised one of the girls, like she was in a Nike advert and I was like, like I didn't recognise you from somewhere. So I'm this 15 year old that recognises girls from like bits and places and stuff. And I'm like well overwhelmed because I'm about to do like a two hour training session with the first team. And then I remember doing my first fitness drill of them and I was like, oh my God, what is going on? We used to have like about an hour worth of like strength and conditioning with a ball. But it was basically running with a ball and it wasn't fun at all. <laughs> and then about an hour and a half or an hour like of just like pure football sessions kind of thing, a bit more chilled sometimes or whatever. But 
the training at like a championship level of fitness it is just crazy like the depth the detail like the creativity as well like it's just crazy like i never would have expected it so the first like session i'm 15 and everyone's done some of these drills before so i'm like worried because i'm like you know when you do like a passing drill in training you don't want to be the one to mess it up for example it was similar but it was like a fitness drill with a lot of running and stuff and so you don't want to be the one to mess it up because you're new and you want people to like you and, and you're the youngest there so i was like overthinking everything but i had a good session and like the manager was like oh yeah i want you to come back so i came back a couple of times and then they was like oh we want to sign you on and i was like oh sweet that was that was easy <laughs> is there is there any money i was about the same thing <laughs> in that time yeah, so no not really like all the girls were getting paid um like okay money like even so basically the, the thing with that team was i was literally the youngest one there and then a lot of the other girls are basically just like well older than me maybe between like 23 to like 27 or something like that but overall we had like one of the most youngest teams in the league um and we was all just there was all struggling like so the manager had pressure to win games because we was get like we was losing like three four nil every game minimum um and there was just no like funding so the girls were getting paid like you're like they all had full-time jobs as well as playing as football. well as playing football like four to- i had training four times a week and a game on the weekend which could have been away like the other side of the country um so for me i was just like paying like travel money and stuff but obviously i'm 15 16 you know like back then like looking back then i would have asked for more if that makes sense because like you'd have the confidence now but also you i guess you're just thinking that like this is an amazing opportunity do you know what i mean yes yeah, and you're so just living the dream right yeah so i don't want to be like asking for more when I'm happy with what I've got kind of thing but then for me it got difficult when obviously I was still at school training would start at like five six o'clock so it was straight from school I have to like rush home I remember we were training over in Dartford so it's like the other side of London like outside of London whatever um so I was literally like rushing home from school getting changed getting onto a train like trying to eat something along the way trying to make it on time for training because obviously when you're late it just looks so unprofessional and then like just train for two and a half hours two hours depending on what day it was come home it would be like 12 and then have school the next day and then like re- like repeat that cycle for the whole week it was so draining but like i loved it because i was like this is what i want to do when i'm older so every like you know when you have something to do and you wake up in the morning and you think oh i've got to do that later on you feel like a bit of anxiety like oh i can't bother getting up like, like it was like i was so busy but i'd wake up in the morning like yes i got training later so it'd get me through the school day like i'd be excited i wouldn't care about like the two hours of travel that i had to do but then over time it started to get more and more difficult when you're not getting paid when your mum is a single mum looking after two kids and like having to pay for all that travel as well because obviously i ain't got a job i'm a kid and stuff so it's just it is controversial because obviously like if i was a guy in a championship would be a completely different story and i probably wouldn't be streaming right now yeah so i got called up for poland which was again a weird story because i was literally on that same astro that that the girl was like spoke to me originally and I was playing with George again. We just went out. This was like three years later, I think. Playing, like shooting, like doing some freestyle bits. Just not really like training, training. Just like having a kick around, just enjoying yourself, right? And there was his dad and a boy playing on the side of the like because there was like an eleven-a-side goal we was in, and on the side there was like a different goal. It's free astro that anyone could just use. And then um, I could hear him speaking to his dad, but he was speaking in Polish, so he didn't think I understood what he was saying. And like he was basically saying to his dad, like, "Oh, like look how good she is, like." I'd love to like train with her one day and like being all really like nice in a different language because he didn't think I was understanding it, but I could hear it. So I said to George like, oh, this kid just said this kind of thing. And then I was like, I'm gonna ask him like, well, if he's ever around, like I don't mind training him like once or whatever, just, you know, cause I don't know, just being nice, I guess. And then 
you're just like yeah why not but I got a bit nervous so I was like it's a bit weird do you know what I mean like I'm, I'm a bit of a, I was a shy person back then so as I was walking away I don't know like something was like just do it just ask him so I asked him I was like I, I spoke to his dad I was like yeah like I'm actually Polish as well like I heard about what he was saying da -da 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 -da. so if you ever want like my number and you can like come down we can have like a little training session whatever and the kid was actually quite good to be fair so I was like well if I train like the next Ronaldo <laughs> surely I'll get some credit he's now killing Mbappe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um Anyways, yeah, so, like, I met him a couple of times here and there, like, went to watch his training. I, me and his dad just started talking or whatever. Um, and then he was like, oh, I actually know something, someone that is, like, a Polish scout. And I was like, there's no way. So when I was playing for a game for Millwall, basically, after a couple of times being a kid, like, just, I'd done some sessions for him, whatever. And his dad was like, oh, yeah, I'll get him down to watch one of the games. So obviously I was, like, really excited because I was like, this could literally be, like, the next big thing for me. And I was like, it all just happens on this Astro. So I'm like, wow, I need to go there. I want to know where this Astro is. Yeah. It's free to play at the Astro. Well, not anymore. You not get, anymore. Okay, not anymore. You get scouted by championship <laughs> clubs and national, national teams. teams. <laughs> and funny enough, they're all just walking past. Yeah. They're all just walking past the Astro and you get scouted. Everyone's just dog walking and seems to be a football scout. But it's a great example of just like timing yeah. and like being yeah. in the right place at the right yeah. time. So I just, basically he was like, we're going to send a scout down. The scout could have come down. So I had to end up sending like footage of a 90 minute game to the like um manager at the time and then they ended up liking me and stuff whatever so then they, they always have like every year in like the polish like federation people they'll always have like this massive meeting in london where like i met a couple of like famous players like fabianski and like other people down there i don't remember anyway so then there was like oh yeah you can come down and meet the like manager so the under 17s manager at the time i think or under 18s i don't know anyways um she was like, yeah, well, you'll get to meet her there and stuff and, like, chat about maybe the upcoming opportunities that they'll have and stuff. So I was like, whoa, like, this is escalated real quick. Like, one minute, I'm not really playing for, like, a good team or whatever. Quick QPR, I wasn't really feeling it. Then I went through a couple of teams. And then I'm, like, playing, almost playing for Poland and then playing championship level. So I was like, my life has turned around real quick. So then I went to the meeting and I was like, met the manager. She was so, like, I don't know, it was so scary. Like, it's one of the most scariest experiences in my life because... They're like they joke around but then they're so serious at the same time so you never know when to like laugh or like be serious or like whatever you're just there like when i was like 16 when my mum's sitting next to me my mum was chatting as well and i was like yeah okay mum you do the talking i'll just sit here and agree but um so she basically said to me like i've seen your footage and like basically just told me things like i'm good at and i could do better but also like what the next things were coming up so like they had like a training camp for new people um and then they also had a thing coming up in Spain, like a tournament, this big tournament for them, for the people that are already in the under 17s team or something. So she was like, I basically have to decide where I want you. And then we were just chatting, chatting. She's at the end of the thing, she was like, I want you to go to the Spanish training camp. You're going to be the only new player there though. Like, so I was like, this is scary. And why is it always me? Like, <laughs> anyways, and then, um, so I went there and then like, I had to meet a whole new team. I had to fly there by myself. I think that was the first time I flew by myself as well. So I had to fly all the way to Poland just to fly with them for, to Spain, just to then fly like home later on, whatever. But it was like a whole another experience. Like that was the first time I felt like, oh my God, like although women's football isn't the same level like men's is, the quality that was there, I was like, this could like generally have like a massive effect for the players upcoming for the future and the whole like game can change. They had like a doctor, a physio, a dietitian, like you was a... Um, he was just there, like, with really nice hotels and stuff. And I just got there, like, this, this like, poor little kid, like, <laughs> from, like, Feltham, like, oh, 
yeah, this is nice. <laughs> so I flew to Poland and I was like, this is scary. I was no, no clue where I'm going. I'm so bad at direction. Everyone that knows me, like, you have to literally drag me along with you or I have no clue where I'm going. So I got to the plane, like, I was like, okay, I think I'm on the right plane. <laughs> Landed and then I met the whole team and stuff. And there was already, like, going through my social media. So as soon as I got there, they just had, like, 100 questions. Like, oh, so how long have you been with your boyfriend for? Oh, so, like, how long have you been playing football? When did you sign for this team? And I was like, well, this is like an interview. Like, this is crazy. But all the girls are like really nice and welcoming and although they had like their little groups already as they've been like growing up together in like the Poland like team and stuff and um, they was all just very welcoming so then I met like the doctor the physio and like everything was so professional like in the morning I think this lasted about six days or something in the morning we'd go to like training and stuff come back well we'd eat like breakfast come back go training come back have ice baths get checked by the doctor check how much like weight you've lost within like whatever check out like your water levels basically and then we'll go out eat like lunch or whatever and then go train again but it was like really intense training do you know what i mean because it was like obviously poland um what position did you play out of interest uh just on the wing okay. like either wing really and then we'd come back have like ice baths again so i was like jesus christ this is tiring you know like getting changed as many times a day i'm not used to this <laughs> and then um yeah we had our first game so i remember like I was like really hoping I don't start because I was like that's the worst thing that could ever happen to me start, and then um, so I didn't start. Played the game. I think we won like whatever it was. I don't remember who we played, but I came on for like a little bit. I think it was like thirty, forty minutes or something, and I was dying like because it's like a completely different level of football. Like you get like your Sunday leagues and stuff. You get like a bit better, a bit better, and then you get like your professional. And it was like, everyone was just talking. Like, it's just something I've never seen before. Like, everyone is talking to each other. Everyone is shifting along together. Everyone is sticking to their positions. But everyone's also so, like, supportive. Like, if you make a mistake, you see how, like, when you have a big game coming up and you're playing at a decent level and everyone, like, you make a mistake and everyone's like, yeah, it's fine, just keep going, keep going or whatever. But then after, like, five minutes, it kind of dies down and yeah. everyone's back to normal. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, everyone is like that throughout the whole game, 90 minutes. Like, it's a 90th minute and they're still, like, shouting, like, shift right, shift left, drop back. Like, the whole team is talking to each other. And, like, for me, that was the biggest thing. Like, the communication, like, the level of the communication. And I was just, like, blown away. I was like, all right, I think I need to start talking properly now. But it was also in Polish, so, like, the words were all a little different. So, for me, I was like, well, what? Like, what? So, the first game, I was a bit confused as to, like, what some of the words were. So, when I came off the pitch, like, after a while, I was like, you guys need to teach me what these things mean because obviously I speak Polish like fluently, but you know you have like the football terminology and stuff and where I haven't grown up in Poland, I don't really get it. Yeah. So I was a bit like, oh. And then second game, I started. So I have like all the pictures and stuff of me like coming out and da 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 da. And I was like the final of the tournament because it was, I think there was three games or two games, but I don't remember. Anyways, final of the tournament, we're playing Sweden and I scored the only goal to win it. So I was like, this is like the perfect, like, outcome call my mum after she didn't believe me i was like sweet it's the <laughs> uh it's, it's the pin tweet right yeah is it that, is the is pin tweet moment? yeah so how yeah. old were you at that point then i'd say like 17 i think ish okay yeah and how old are you now 21 21 so that would you say that was the peak probably yeah i would say that was the one the time i enjoyed my career the most uh two like it was just a crazy experience like just to because like you find you like kind of dream of it in it like your first start for your country whatever age group it might be and then you come out and like you score the only goal after that goal went in i was well hoping no more goals were getting scored whether it was for my team or the other team because i was like i want the glory <laughs> but um yeah so we played the game and stuff i remember starting it so i was like i was a bit no actually that wasn't the one i started so the one i started was the first one and this one i came on because the winger got injured so i came on about the 
like just half, after half time, about fifty fifty fifth minute or something, and then I remember just like I don't the goal happened so quick like in my head like everything it was literally like the winger run and I think I was just about edge of the box, and it just got played across perfectly to me and I just took a touch like between like the penalty spot and the edge of the box. And just hit it like I don't even know where it went. I don't remember because I was too busy. By the time I turned around, I feel like the passion within the team as well. Like everyone was just so like happy for each other. So as soon as I scored that goal, I didn't even get opportunity to like celebrate because the whole team was like on me. But I feel like that makes you feel so much closer to the team that you've only just met a couple of days ago. You score your first goal, whatever, and everyone's like, actually supporting you, not being yeah. like, oh, she took my place or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So. And it was just mental because like, everyone was then like chanting my name after. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? And I was like, am I dreaming? Do you know what I mean? It was just like the fact that I actually scored as well. Uh, when I called my mum after, she was like, yeah, nice one. Now, what was the actual score? <laughs> and I was like, are you joking? And then I told her, I was like, I ain't joking. And she was obviously really happy for me and stuff. But So you spoke about that was the peaky footballing career. Yeah. Um, right now, you, you've it's different direction that you've gone in. Where did FC, FIFA sort of come into your life? Had you always been a gamer during that time or was it a late addition in? Yeah, yeah. So it was like when I was growing up, probably like FIFA 12 was like when I first got the first FIFA or whatever um, and played COD like that. And FIFA and COD were like my two games. And then um, obviously I kind of, I was always that person. I'd play it for a couple of months and then just leave it and just go on other games and whatever. Um, and then where I stopped playing football, like I was just not enjoying it. So I was playing like, and I just wasn't enjoying it. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not getting paid for it. I've just finished my A-levels. I want to find a direction, like whether I go uni, I couldn't just do uni and football because of the way like the schedules are and stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to go uni and just see what kind of happens and stuff. So I was also- So to be clear before we jump on to FC, so you, you didn't stop for injury. You just yeah, you I stopped just, because you just didn't enjoy it anymore. Just I stopped playing for a bit after that. I was like, yeah, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm not enjoying it. It's like five times a week. I'm not getting paid enough for it. I want to choose a direction of a career because generally don't think this is like going anywhere. And then I realised like no matter how hard I try, even in the championship to get to the Prem, like you kind of already have to know someone or at least like have that connection somewhere, which I didn't have. And I was like, looking at it realistically, like I'm not going to make money from this. And obviously at some point I need to start making money like, going into uni or whatever so i chose to go into uni and what did you study uh marketing so i finished that last year june was my graduation but throughout uni is the reason why i started streaming because i was just so during like covid and stuff i was like okay i need to get a job worked for like tesco's hated it worked for sainsbury's even worse and then worked for my mum so my mum had like a cleaning company and whatever i thought we were just ticking off the supermarket yeah. so. <laughs> Asda, yeah. morrison's little good bakery yeah. but <laughs> didn't enjoy it so my mum had a cleaning company at the time and i was like i hate cleaning well i don't hate cleaning but i hate cleaning like you enjoy much though, then. <laughs> i hate cleaning other people's houses do you know what i mean um so she was like, come work with me. So she paid me a good hourly late rate, but the hours were like, we'd start at like seven. I don't know if this is illegal, so sorry, mum. But <laughs> she started like seven till like 10 p.m. Like, what is that? 7 a.m.? Yeah. Until like, 10 p.m. Yeah, and I was cleaning <laughs> Who's getting their house cleaned at 9 p.m. at night? Honestly, these like rich people in like Wentworth Estate and all like these mental like areas that like have like 
mansions worth like millions and millions. But <laughs> sorry, if you didn't know about Brandon's past, it sounds like a few jobs you've had. Yeah, um, I've been a. I used to be a cleaner. I used to be a lifeguard. I worked in a waffle cafe. Can we talk? Um, so we met in in Manchester at the at university. And every year in Manchester, huge Christmas markets. <laughs> I used to work on the Christmas markets. What were it doing? Just selling. I used to work on the Christmas markets. From Just selling eight, knickknacks. Knickknacks. I, <laughs> <laughs> I used to work on the Christmas market from about half seven in the morning until half seven at night for I think like 50 quid. And like, I just love, I just loved earning money and working. I, I also used to clean. Job. No, it was all right. Um, but I also was a cleaner as well, but I wasn't working till 10 p.m. at night. So I can, uh, I can resonate with maybe why that wasn't very enjoyable. Yeah. Ugh. But you know what it was? It was like the richer people got, the more rude they got and the more dirtier they got. And I was just like, mum, I don't know how long I could do this for. But she had a business base. She had like a couple of cars and like a group of girls in each car, blah, 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 going around cleaning people's houses. So, so. So I was like, okay, I'll do this for a bit and just kind of see how it goes because um, obviously I was still at uni or whatever, but I was like, I need money. Um, so then I was working with her like long hours and the way I started streaming was my friend, I think lockdown happened or something. I don't really remember like the timeline of this, but my friend was like, oh, I'm going to start streaming. And then I was like, what's that? Like, what even is Twitch? So this was like when lock the first lockdown happened. And I was like, and she was like, yeah, just have a look, like come down, come around to my house and I'll show you. So I watched her stream once online or whatever. She was streaming like Valorant or something. And then I was like, went around to her house to join in on one of her streams. And I was like, this is so fun. Like people were chatting to you whilst you're playing a game. And I like it when people, when I was a kid, I'd always love it if someone watched me play my game, like whether it was my mum or whatever, like just, it felt like spending time together. Anyways, and then I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, I'm going to try this one day. Like I want to try it. So I was working for my mum and I was like, doing these like long shifts and I was like when am I going to start this because working till 10 p.m getting up at like 6 a.m isn't really like so anyways I was like screw it like, I'm just going to get a pc like I'm just going to see where it goes so like my last savings I think my pc was like 1,200 pounds probably had about 1,500 pounds in a bank and I was like George we're going to pick up my pc from Argos tomorrow like we're on the way whatever he was like are you sure <laughs> and I was like I'm sure all right so then we went all the way to get my pc came back and I was like, well, I've got kind of work now. I've got no money left. So I was like, oh. And my friend was like, yeah, so this is Twitch. This is what you do. Da, 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 da. So I set up my account and kind of like streamed like for a month, like on and off, like random games. I didn't touch FIFA though. And I had like a viewership of like 10 people. So I was like really excited. So I'd come home from work at 10 and stream to like 11 to like one or something and then get up at like six in the morning. Because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't start now, like when are you going to start? Because I'm just going to stay in this job, whatever. So I'd just do like random hours of the day and just stream till late my mom would be like why are you playing games at one in the morning when you have to be up at six she did not understand anything and i was like just don't worry about it <laughs> just leave me to it and then uh, eventually I, I had like a little break and then george was like so you're not gonna do it anymore and i was like no nah, i don't think so and then he was like just try one more time but just play a game that you actually enjoy and i was like yeah all right then i'll, I'll play fifa but i was worried that the 10 people that watched me didn't care about football so i was like well no one's going to care. No one's going to watch me. I'm going to have to basically start again. But then, like, I started in January. It was, like, two years ago, I think. Um, I started playing, like, FIFA. And it was just kind of, like, the first month, I grew so much just from FIFA. So I was like, okay, this is the only game I'm ever going to play because my numbers are sick. Like, the, the game's hard to enjoy sometimes or whatever. But I was like, as long as, like, my Twitch and stuff is growing, I was like, oh, it's worth it. Were you surprised how quickly you did grow? Yeah. I mean, you said two years ago. You're, yeah. You'd only just started streaming FIFA, and now you probably if one of the biggest female 
FIFA creators, FC creators there is. I mean, that rise has been pretty crazy. Yeah, honestly, I was like, one day I'm streaming to like 10 people and then it went down to like five. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm streaming to like 20, 30 people. But for me, because my friend used to stream, like that friend doesn't stream anymore, whatever. So she like introduced me to it and I knew how hard it was for her to get like the 10 like viewers or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm already on 20, 30. And I knew that obviously getting partnered at 75, I was like, it's a long way away, but it's not actually that long away. So I was like, I'm just going to keep going. And then I was really like reluctant to like get in TikTok. I was like, my chat was always like, just download it. And I was like, no, it's just people like dancing and stuff and whatever. Because that's what it was back then. I think it was like 2021 or whatever. You did some dancing on TikTok? Uh, maybe right at the start. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like everyone <laughs> but you're just... right. Like Same for me. Like when I started TikTok and the reason why I've, I've been very fortunate over there is because I started so early when everyone mm. had that mindset of like, oh, I don't want to go on TikTok. But then it came the platform. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It did yeah. become the platform for... Uh, so i was like fine so in march i downloaded tiktok and that's when really like things like really just because obviously i had my first video that like done good well i had a couple of videos that were like getting like a couple k the first time but i feel like it's just finding your way do you know what i mean and then i done like a rage clip because someone just clipped it for me i didn't even clip it myself i didn't know i had to clip on twitch so i was like how do i even do this and then one of my mods like just clipped me raging and then i posted it and it was like, it just got so many views. Like, well, for me at the time, it was so many views. It was only like 250K, but like when you only have like a couple hundred followers on TikTok, Massive, yeah. you get 250K views. And I was like, oh my God, like I was so happy. I remember going into work with my mum, like just consistently checking my phone, refreshing it, refreshing it. And then I started reading all the comments and I was like, oh, so like everyone's just hating. Like I was like, and at fir that first video I was like, oh, like, this is like weird because obviously you've never been online and stuff and you don't really know what, but now I'm used to it and I'm like, whatever, comment more, I don't care. But then I was like, that first video that blew up and I was like, like, I felt like, I don't know, I felt a bit like anxious, do you know what I mean? I was like, where's this come from kind of thing. And then a couple of like weeks later went on and stuff and I continued posting on TikTok consistently and stuff. And then I spoke to Alia, Alia Harvey, and she was like, she actually guided me so much throughout the start. Um, so we had like a call and she was like, just do whatever does best, just do it as long as you're comfortable with it. And I was like, I looked through my page and just like all the rage ticks would always get over 10k and everything else would be on like a couple of hundred views so it's like okay raging clearly is doing well so whenever i'd rage on a stream i would always make sure to have it clipped and then the second video blew up and it got like maybe like 700k views and i was like reading through the comments but then my whole mindset just changed i was like i just don't care like i'm potentially going to be making money off this the more people comment the better the engagement is my video is getting more and more views so then i was like i completely changed it and i was like just did not care like now like I just don't even look at my comments anymore because I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> In those early days of TikTok, when you start to see like the rage stuff he's doing well, like you smashing a desk or smashing a controller, did you feel when you were streaming, like if if you'd not done it in that stream, like oh, I need to I need to get a clip here. I need to get a TikTok. Was that ever a mindset or was it just, is that just you? Like, is that how you actually are when you are nah, so like, gaming? Yeah, so at first I was like, I, obviously I just raged like, out of nowhere, like I was just like this, just some stupid thing happened, and I just got angry. But the stream seemed to like really liked it, and it wasn't like I was like, oh, I need to get a clip, I need to get a clip. But it was always like in my early days, I was so like I was so much more angry playing the game, where like I'd I'd rage on like rivals in a draft. Like there wasn't a game mode that I wouldn't rage on. So I was like, I need to calm down. Like I can't be so angry because like when you're streaming for like three four hours, if you're angry the whole time, and then also it was late, so my mum would shout at me. <laughs> so I was because like, at the time there was no money from this. Do you know what I mean? So she was like, like now she doesn't care, but like before she was like, why are you shouting? It's one in the morning, and I'm like, 
oh, <laughs> I'm getting a clip. Like, no. But yeah, so it would just happen. And then I tend to like clip it. But people don't like, when I do like a one minute rage compilation, it's like a six hour stream and I get like one minute out of it. So it's not like people just expect to come into my stream and me for six hours to just be like angry, hitting my desk. Like, it doesn't work like that. I only ever rage if something generally like dumb happens or people that watch my stream know this. Like I don't just load up on stream and I'm angry. Like things happen throughout the hour and like they keep getting like worse and worse. And then I just get to a point where I'm just like, just get angry and I just hit my I find the rage thing so like I don't think I've ever raged on like FIFA really? I think I've, I've I've got into the mindset of either it, it's me like I've I've been Messed bad up, here yeah. or, or like I think because I've watched so much competitive gameplay and I've, I've just watched so much what was FIFA FC like I just know what to expect almost yeah. whereas like I see a lot of people and it's like, it's almost like that release of like, some, some, someone's got to get the release. Like, isn't it? It's like, they see if it's the controller or it's the desk. But I do celebrate. So that, then maybe that's my release. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I never celebrate. I, like, I give it, I give it beans in my, in my room. I'm I, uh, the last time I broke a controller, I must've been like 13. And I remember doing it and I was like, that's 50 quid. And I <laughs> yeah. think, I just remember that. And I was like, from then onwards, I'm never going to let, let myself get anno that annoyed again. See, I always don't hit like my monitors because I know they're like... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the expensive <laughs> That's like, I'm not touching that. But I think it's just the easiest thing. Like when I'm angry, like what am I going to do? Like punch my mic? No. And uh, like, what? Like I don't know how to get my anger out. So uh, there's a point that reach, like, I reach and I'm just like, I need to do something. I need to release this, So yeah. I just grab my controller and just hit it a couple of times. It's not really a big deal. <laughs> do you feel like there's an expectation that you are this like raging character now though? I don't... A lot of people like, not really, like a lot of people ask me that question to be fair, but because like now my viewers have gone better, but I've actually like raged less to be honest, but I've still been growing at the same rate. So like, I don't feel the pressure to come onto a stream and like have to rage. Like Monday is such a chilled stream where we're just doing like upgrades and stuff and playing like rivals, but views are still good. Do you know what I mean? And then like during the week, it's just like chilled. It's just the Saturdays so people know that like, I'm Anytime more than likely, foot champs is live. Yeah, basically, foot champs is what annoys me now. Like, there's no other game where I don't rage at like rivals or whatever, unless something really stupid happens. But even though I won't hit my controller on my desk for I don't think. But then, like, champs is a thing that I'm like, because I'm always like, I is it want the competitiveness. Yeah, it's like I want 11 wins because like I want minimum 11. But then every single time I get close to 14, I mess it up, and then, like. I do good for the two, three weeks and the next weekend I'll come back and I'll get like nine, eight, seven wins. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> like, well, I think the last time I checked your Twitter, you, uh, you, had, you had four wins. Um, yeah, no, Four no. and 16. What happened <laughs> What happened that weekend? But to be fair, like, it was, I was having a bad weekend and like, I was zero and five and I was like... To be fair, I think that's when they changed the rewards as well. Like, so I feel like it's become a little bit more... But I feel like a lot of people just weren't on the game like because Fortnite was happening and Modern Warfare 3 was happening. So the only people, a lot of the people that were playing the game are people that really generally like EAFC and like content creators and like pros and stuff. So my excuse is basically I played pros. <laughs> I think that was the week, I, I I have to agree. I was, that weekend, <laughs> I was one in six. Yeah, a lot of people were like- And then really... I won out to get to 14. So I won my next 13 games. But that was my RTG. So on my main, I did get um nine. It doesn't make it much better. I can imagine there wasn't much daylight in your oh, room. I tell you what, I was one in six. I went in a Discord car and went, lads, <laughs> I'm in the gutter. Like, <laughs> what do I do? So I stuck on a Christmas playlist 
three hours worth of Michael Bublé. <laughs> I locked in and I got to 14 wins, but... You got oh, to 14 from yeah, one I won, and Yeah, I won 13 out. That's what Buckley does. Yes, it is. Um, I tried hard. <laughs> tried really hard. <laughs> sort of moving on from, I guess, the... I guess the creator that you made for yourself or like the name or the or the content you made for yourself on Twitch as such, like what was the journey like? Because you said you had what, 30 viewers and you got partner, I believe. Yeah, after six months. So I was like, oh, that's quick. To be fair, everyone was like, oh, I've not really seen that before. So it kind of gives you that confidence to keep going. But I think I made friends with a lot of people in the community Like, just reached out to people like earlier. I spoke to Plute like early on and I was just saying like, I basically just go around people's streams and just generally ask for advice. Like there's mm. people that come into my streams now that are on like 50 viewers or whatever. And they're like, I remember when you came into my stream to like ask for advice when you was on like 10 to 15 viewers. And um, I guess it just went from like 30. I got a few raids and stuff, kind of grew a little bit here and then. And within six months I was partnered. What's the, what's the secret to being successful on Twitch? I just think you have to be so consistent and you have to just keep yourself accountable to clip everything because you're not really going to grow on Twitch. You need to make sure that you post on every single other platform in order to grow on Twitch, which is annoying because obviously like no one's going to come and watch you for five hours. That's the thing, unless they see something good of you on another platform. So it's the hardest bit about this job is just no one's going to tell you to do it. Like you have to keep yourself accountable to have a clip that day to make sure that it's good like quality and not just like posting for the sake of it or whatever. And then just, being so consistent with being live and sometimes numbers do go like down and depends on the time of the year it is especially with a game like fc24 and you just have to keep like keep like the numbers in your head but don't overthink them like i do look at my views on stream and stuff but i know some people don't because they don't like they don't like to change according to the views like mm. oh if we have like 200 viewers i'm going to be really happy but if we have like 100 i'm going to be really sad yeah that's a Richard special that <laughs> he hides the views said for me i'll go we'll go live 100 views all right, guys, welcome to the chat 250. Welcome into the stream, everyone. I feel like it's been a running gag, me trying, like, when's my next stream going to be? He just never streams. You get maybe, is there a Christmas special coming up from you? Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll see what happens. But uh, I agree with you on that. Like, there is, and I I've, I've definitely can relate to that, like, when the views are good, you naturally, like, right, I've got to keep them in here. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what am I going to do? So that's the hard bit because obviously like for me I know which days are more like more popular obviously because of champs and stuff I always get like my max in Mondays, on Saturday. Mondays, Mondays and Saturdays. Mondays and Saturdays. Mondays not days. so much for me but Thursdays and Saturdays for me. So I do my qualifications on two accounts on Thursdays. So anything to do with champs basically is usually a good day for me. But like even if I'm not raging like people come into the stream but they don't all expect just to see me like rage. I feel like it's a, just a misconception like yeah, they'll ask every now and again, like, are you going to rage? I'm just like, why would I rage? I'm winning. Do you know what I mean? People, some people just come in and they're just stupid. Like, why would I be angry and I'm mm. winning 5-0? But um, Saturdays, yeah, Saturdays and Thursdays are the days where, like, people come in. I know I'm playing champs. But I feel like people understand is like, they're not watching because I'm raging, but they're watching because there's a possibility I might rage. Yeah. So they're not coming in with an expectation, like, I'm halfway through here in my desk. But there's an opportunity that that might happen. It sounds a little bit like Pi Face in some ways. Like, Pi yeah. gets, obviously, incredible numbers. is a great guy. Um on those Friday nights, no Saturday nights, people tuning. So like, people watch for the chance yeah, that yeah. there might be exactly, yeah. So yeah. I feel like similar now. Like before, I used to rage way more than I do now. I feel like I calmed down a little bit, but my desk was destroyed a lot. <laughs> like I've never seen a desk like it. To be honest, I've got a new desk now. Is it? I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll put the video up at some point. But like, when you're in the moment of smashing the desk, mm. is it right? 
when you're halfway through, you're like, I've just got to keep, just got to keep smashing it to see to see what it could come out like. Or yeah, no, basically that desk lasted about a whole FIFA. So to be fair, it took a lot of damage throughout the year. Like that's a lot of champs games it went through, right? And qualifications as well. So people see it and look like I've just done that on a Saturday. Like that is, you know, like a thing that I've done throughout the whole year. It's not just like one Saturday I've just decided to wreck the whole desk over one champs. But I guess the way you see it on TikTok and stuff. It's portrayed that way. Obviously, you need to have good engage- engagement, and sometimes things look different on TikTok the way they do on stream and stuff. So, I think once I hit it and it got a bit ruined, I was like, "Well, it's ruined already. I might as well just keep going." And then I hit it a couple more times, and a bit of it fell out, and like it was just like a process. And then all of a sudden, the shelf that was underneath it got like it just unattached. <laughs> so I'm midstream, yeah, and I'm just there, and I'm playing my game, and then. Bloody like shelf just goes down on my legs with stuff in it and I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I've took it out and the hinges are a bit moved to the side and everything's all over the place. So I had to take it out. So then it was just like the thin bit. So that's one, easy one, to one, get through. One hit and it's gone. Yeah. So it actually lasted longer than I thought it would, but then I had no space to do anything. So when I was trying to clip, my keyboard had like the tightest bit of space in it, but I can't put like a notepad down. I can't even put my drink down. The amount of times I spilt my drink because I had the mouse mat to cover it. But then the amount of times I've gone to put a tea on my table when the tea's just gone through the table and I'm just like... The dream brand opportunity. Yeah, I need it. Ikea. Yeah, 100%. But Maybe everyone... don't show them the desks after they've yeah, been yeah, just <laughs> Great like, new or desk. Like a, or like a monthly subscription or something, yeah. you know? Something like what, that. But... What did your mum think when she saw the first desk that was absolutely so, obliterated? Originally, when I got to like... I think I, it became my full-time job around like eight, nine months in. And then I feel like after she saw what I was doing and the you know, the growth that I was getting and stuff like that, she was just kind of understood a little bit more. Um, and she was like, okay. And then I got my first couple of brand deals and I had quite a few good opportunities. So she just kind of let me do my thing. Like she didn't really question it. She didn't really care. She was like, as long as you're happy with what you're doing and as long as obviously you're not just like, sitting at home destroying the desk but not actually gain anything from it i feel like she saw the first couple of brandles and she thought okay like this could be a potentially a good job kind of thing but she didn't realize there's money in this and she didn't realize like what kind of money there is in this so i feel like after she saw a couple of bits and stuff she was like all right just do whatever you want to do i don't care <laughs> like and yeah so she didn't really say much really now she just lets me get on and she makes sure the best thing about this is now she understands she like makes sure everyone has to quiet in the house so when outside my door i can sometimes hear to my brother like shh sarah's live and i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> this is good in terms of those uh i guess the income from twitch it is difficult to make a living on twitch i don't think people realize like mm. it does get i think sometimes glorified a bit like you know viewership can be great on twitch but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making good money because yeah. of just how how the breakdown works right yeah no 100 percent. especially with like obviously twitch being like 50 50 split or whatever it is um you need a lot of like subs to be able to like replicate a full-time job i suppose but i guess a lot of people will want to know this is like the main money that people get will be from like brand deals and things that you have going on outside and i guess the way i see it is i use twitch just to like cover all my bills and stuff and then everything all the other brand deals and everything else that i do in the month is just like extra money i guess and sometimes as a creator you have really good months but i'm sure everyone else agrees that sometimes as a creator you like a, you can have a bad month and stuff because it's so unpredictable with how many people are going to gift in your chat or whatever like you just don't know and you can't rely on people's generosity to make a living so that's where obviously brand deals comes in and you doing other things not just 
streaming. deals on Twitch as well. Yeah. Getting the ads in. It's yeah. become a big thing recently as well, well. We always said this though, Rich, isn't it? It's like you can't... The thing about streaming is you are relying on, as Tara said, other people's generosity. Yeah. It's a, it's a real tough gig. Um, I think there's a, there's a majority of... I mean, if you just look at the, the FC creators on Twitch, other than maybe three or four at the real top end, everyone else is sort of... There's only a limited amount of people who's going to watch and yeah. gift as well. So, like, you need... You almost everyone's battling against each other, even though like everyone's friends yeah. for those viewers. If you had like three bad months, let's say that mm. could like change. That could be the end of someone's like stream streaming yeah. like career because of like if you haven't got that generosity, let's say for three months, and they've gone elsewhere and that that's what keeps a lot of those creators alive. That might be anywhere between I don't know fifty to one hundred and fifty viewers or so. Like it's just that reliability of having a great community, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm quite lucky with my community because I feel like every month. We always have someone that will like gift a good amount of money or whatever, and like we do subathons every now and again. Like last time, I was live for two weeks doing a subathon. Like I, I wanted to cry <laughs> deep down. I was, I was finished when that subathon ended. It was like the best time of my life. But um, I feel like when you want to be a creator, like when you're starting up and stuff, the importance is when you make that change from doing it like just as a hobby and then making it a full time job is to just definitely have some savings behind you just in case of those like bad months or whatever. Um, and yeah, that's another reason why like I feel like for me being a female, um, obviously it's a bit easier for, I'm not gonna say it's easier as in like, you know, we didn't have to work as hard enough as the guys and stuff. But I feel like some people will see a female and think, oh, like what's that like compared to like a guy stream and how good is that person on the game and their football knowledge and stuff. So I feel like there's a bit of an advantage for me in a way of like, yeah, I have to get a lot of hate comments but a lot of the time, for me, if you can just block them out, it actually works in your favour, is what I think. So, There's a lot I want to dive into in terms of, I think, you know, being a being a woman streaming on Twitch and the subathons, you know, the, the definition of the subathons will come on to. There's been a lot of them in the last couple of uh, months or so. We are going to pause a halfway point on the Full 90 podcast because it's time for a halftime quiz with Sarah Guzzo. Let's jump into it right now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, it's time to kick off the second half of the Full 90 podcast. You know the tradition by now. It's time for your halftime snack. We asked Sarah what she wanted. Producer Dave, on the help of the third camera that we've got, for those that are watching visually, uh, you can just about see, or throw it in front of the screen. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's just broke the mic. If you were listening on, a, on, on, on an audio platform there. We've got some digestives here. Um, but we're so kind at the Full 90 podcast, Sarah. You, you asked for digestives. Yep. Producer Dave... They're a little bit crumbled. ...has <laughs> given you some broken chocolate digestives. I'm going to throw them to you right now. And he's also got you plain digestives. I mean, what is your go-to digestive? Definitely the chocolate ones, but this pack is massive. <laughs> I did ask for mini ones, Dave. Where were they? Were they not in... No? Not in stock. Um, right, Richard, what have you gone for this week? We'll I've put gone it... for a... I thought, I thought he threw it. I just flinched. I've gone for a lovely Kit Kat this week. 
but not orange themed for a week. Not orange themed, just a regular four barer. Um, do you break off each individual finger or do you just bite straight in? Mm, Let me know. Definitely say, break it off. Yeah, definitely break it up. Um, producer Dave, I said, you know what? Just pick me anything today from the bakery. He's got me. If it falls out of the bag, hopefully it doesn't. Oh, we have got the hallmark of bakery. Uh, a croissant. I feel sorry for any listener who's listening to this plastic Ready? bag rustling. They're all right. Thank you. Cheers, Thanks, producer guys. Dave. Um, Let's get back on track. Well, where were we? I wanted to pick up from a, a, a certain conversation point, and it was, I think, the lack of women that are streaming FC24. There's been a huge rise of them. I look at especially the English sort of UK scene. You've got Shauna, uh, Lisa Manley, Alia, Harvey, yourself on that list as well. Correct if I'm forgetting it off the top of my head instantly. But that number has grown and there's a lot more of you now. Why do you still think there's such a lack of females in the space? Is it because they're worried about the, the, the negative side of it? Or do you think just because maybe there's not enough people out there like yourself that are inspiring more people to come through? Um, I think it's a mixture. Like, Obviously, football is still played majority by guys, essentially. So obviously, there's naturally going to be like a lower number of girls probably streaming that kind of game. Um, but also, I feel like you know, when you look at my TikTok and stuff, for example, like, and you see the comments and stuff, I feel like as a female, you're like, why would I do that to myself? You know what I mean? Like, if you don't really know the reward that can come from it, then why are you going to put yourself on the line and, like, everyone just hating on you and da-da-da-da-da? But then when you meet people in, like, real life and stuff, everyone's actually so nice. Like, even getting asked for pictures and stuff, like, everyone is so nice. So, um... I'm not laughing at you, Isar. I'm just looking at Richard Buckley <laughs> scoffing four fingers of Kit Kat here. Um, <laughs> I'll let you have your digestive as well. You can eat what one. I was going to say, I think you mentioned Lisa there. Yeah. She, to my knowledge, was sort of like one of the first female streamers who came through that space. And I think she maybe doesn't get the recognition in terms of numbers and views and whatnot. But I think if it wasn't for her sort of being one of the first people to do it, I mean, before that you had probably like fangs on YouTube as well, who was like a real trailblazer. And now he's sort of doing her own thing. But I think those those first, it's always hard to be first. Uh, and I think now yourself, Shauna, Alia, like what you've got on to achieve is really impressive, especially in such a, I mean, look, I've been in the FC space for a long time. It is a very male-heavy space that a lot of the time is, I mean, quite frankly, even to us, not very nice. So I can't imagine being sort of in this space, a minority, being a woman in it and still rising to the top and like doing very well for yourself. Yeah, it's difficult, but like, I feel like as well, seeing like the growth of football and like, I go to like George football on a Sunday, for example, and I'm seeing like, you know, like 14 year old girls teams and 15 year old girls teams. Like there's just such a massive range now. And um, I feel like because of the growth of football, like more girls are going to want to be willing to do what we do kind of thing as well. And being one of the first ones is always hard, but I feel like then it comes with that reward of like, well, you're inspiring like the next generations of people that might come through and do something similar, whether it is playing football, whether it is like streaming uh, EAFC or whatever. So it's actually quite nice being first. Um, yeah, I haven't actually did, experienced anything bad yet. So did um, We'll talk about the, the women items in Ultimate Team. because I think that's a huge landmark. Did you see a positive reaction in terms of views and interaction when the women won the Euros, the England Lionesses? Did you see sort of a correlation in 
did you have maybe even more women yourself, more female viewers coming into your stream through like it just being more visible? Yeah, I think so. Like, I've definitely noticed a bit more of like females coming through on the streams on a TikTok. Like, when I check my demographics and stuff, like everything's changing, right? Um, but I feel like, yeah, with the Euros being so successful, like with the World Cup and stuff as well, um, like women are just see like even guys as well, just kids in general, and even like the older generation are seeing football like grow, and they're actually like watching it. Like people would just be like, yeah, women's football is bad, but they've never watched a match. So like you can't really have an opinion on something that you haven't watched, and like now that it's been like televised and stuff, it's actually been on TV. So there's an opportunity to watch it firstly. Um, secondly, even like other leagues are getting pushed, which is nice to see. So more girls are just getting interested, and like even guys are getting interested. So seeing them add it into the game is like a massive difference. Mainly just because like even when I was a kid and I played FIFA, I never knew I I never watched TV. Like I was always out or like thinking I never even watched like football. So the only reason I knew players' names was because of FIFA. Like, I had no clue who these players actually were like in real life. So, like, same thing with, like, guys and girls. Like, now the girls being on FIFA, people actually starting to, like, know their names and stuff, know their ratings. And I feel like with the ratings, you can kind of correlate, not exactly what they're like in real life, but you can tell which players are, like, the better ones and which players aren't so good. There'll be a, an, a generation of football fans who grow up probably the two generations below us, maybe the generation below us, who their favourite players will be Alexi Pateas, oh, yeah. Caroline Hansen, Bon Matty, like all these players who are unbelievable in Ultimate Team. Like you ask any of the pros right now who is the best player to like play with, they'd probably go Mbappe and then Pateas. Mm. Like she is in nearly we commentated an event yesterday, she win every single team. Mm. Like she she's remarkable. And I think what you said there about sort of there's people. There's a lot of people, and it's almost. It doesn't. It doesn't correlate with me because I've always watched football. So it was football first, then FIFA. Yeah. Probably similar for yourself, but like there is a lot of people out there that FIFA is first, and you learn about football through mm. the video game. And if the video game, like, look at the legends and the icons. People didn't know who Eusebio was before mm. he was in Ultimate Team. Like people didn't know who Rude Hullet was um, from that younger generation, and now Hullet is. I mean, he's got his own esports team. He's yeah. a, a known figure in our space, our generation, because of him having the dreadlocks, being unbelievable in Ultimate Team and being one of the best players available. So I, I do think that there's a lot of younger FC fans who are going to really grow up and see these female players who are the best in the game and, and really sort of attach to them in real life as well now. Yeah, I think it's a great edgeway into... Um you know, women coming into Ultimate Team. I mean, someone yourself who's paving the way already, like surely that was a a great thing that has helped and changed the game for you as a content creator. Yeah, it's just nice to like, also because I know about it. So uh, with the women's like World Cup and stuff um, and the Euros as well, like before, like I learned about, because I didn't really watch women's football. where I, I didn't really watch men's football when I was younger. Then I started watching like men's football and stuff. And then I started watching women's football, but only just kind of recently, really. Like, although I used to play it and be involved in the championship and da-da-da-da, I didn't really, like, not that I didn't care for it, I just didn't really have time to watch it. Uh, and then I'd prioritise watching, like, men's football because Chelsea were the team I supported, whatever, so I'd want to just, like, watch them, obviously. Um, but then as I had to, like, the Euros and I had some work to do recently the World Cup, like, I had to, like, watch every game. And it got me, like, so interested in it. So, like, even when I'm getting, like, 82-rated players on FIFA right now, I'm like, oh, I know who that, or EFC, I know who that player is and stuff. And I feel like 
a lot of girls are coming into my stream and guys as well and like I can actually educate them on the players and like speak about them because I actually know about them but I feel like there's a bit of a lack like not enough creators know about the women's game to like actually tell people about it if that makes sense so with women like coming into the game it's a opportunity for that to like increase and people to actually learn about it and I feel like obviously that just naturally makes you more interested so you're more likely to watch the games so the girls are going to sell more tickets and stuff and like there's just so much more it's more family orientated as well so I'm seeing a lot more families just go to football on the weekend and like my mum's friends like they're like oh taking their daughter to go and watch like Chelsea women and it's like affordable as well so I feel like all of that come together it's actually making it grow so quicker so much quicker and then obviously with the girls being on ultimate team like even the boys and stuff they just they hate to say it but they like they're interested do you know what I mean and some of them are like you get some kids that are like young and don't understand it will hate on it but like you get like the 20 30 year olds that are happy because when they have a kid and if it is a daughter and they're interested in football they have the opportunity like their kids to be on FIFA or like stuff like that well, I, I mean I was gonna say well you're gonna be excited if you get me a ham aren't you in a pack that's tradable because she's worth millions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for like four and a half millions. <laughs> I saw I saw on a Discord recently. It was um, uh, a a slightly older a chap. I think he was probably 40, 45. and he was saying like I his words, not mine. He was like the I don't necessarily resonate with the women in Ultimate Team. Like it's not really something that I'm interested in. But my daughter, mm. this is for them. This is their generation. Like. Yeah. And he was sort of like of that old mindset, which look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Everyone can say what they want. But I think it's that realisation that some things aren't for you. We had Nep on the podcast uh, and he, I think one thing that he said when we were talking about the content, he was saying that um, not everything's for you. Like some things might get released and it's, it's not for me, but it's for that 10-year-old girl who has now got something that she can look at Sam Kerr and go... That's what I want to do. I want to yeah. be ninety rated. I want to be on the cover of the game. I want to be that superstar. And I think it's it's only a positive I th- at the end of the day. I think as well. Like, I'd love to get your opinion on it. When women were announcing Ultimate Team, there was such a backlash of that typical like yeah. old school like you know male or FIFA players. Like, what, what's this all about? Like, yeah, sort yeah. of that. <laughs> what would your reply be to someone that that had that sort of mindset coming into this year? I always just said like if. You- there's some people that are always going to be stuck in their ways and no matter what you say to them and no matter how much you try and convince them, they're always going to think, like, they're just stuck in their ways. They're never going to change their mind. So just I just ignored it and I was just, like, I had a few arguments with people, actually, because what their argument was was always, like, but how is Sam Kerr better than, like, Haaland or how are they anywhere near the same level? But people just weren't understanding that women were getting, like, rated within their game and men were getting rated within their game, like... Harlan's strength compared to like Sam Kerr's, even if it look it may look similar on the game, which is another thing. But even if it was like, it's because it's completely different. Obviously, Harlan is stronger than whoever is the same like physicality as him. But people weren't understanding the fact that it was just judged completely differently. And I think that's where like the main confusion came in. And also, people were just sexist. Like it's just it is what it is. People were just sexist. They didn't like the fact that the girls were getting an opportunity and the girls were getting like the limelight or whatever for this game but I feel like now that it's been in the game and stuff and it hasn't I feel like people were thinking it's going to change so much but it hasn't actually changed that much except from there's an extra few players in the game there's an extra few better players that you can get which is always nice there's a few new icons that let's be honest like these people are sexist but if they packed like 93 rated ham they would be no. happy alternatively <laughs> you just play against the big champs with Hanson yeah. score three goals really on them and, and then, then they'll they just be, quit, yeah. be raging but I think EA have done a great job as we were saying because when we when we heard about 
uh, women coming to Ultimate Team, we were like, well, are they going to be like really usable? Like what ratings are yeah. they going to give them? And they've done a great job of making a handful of players, as Rich was saying, like usable. not just usable, but We're unbelievable. Good. Alex yeah. Patelis, Hansen amongst that as well. You know, Mia Hamm is mentally good yeah. in the game. <laughs> and I think that's something that, yeah, deserve credit for on that. Yeah, but it's one of my favourite things is... Uh, bringing Miguel Rapinoe, end of an era, off off the bench, scoring a finesse <laughs> shot, and then just leaving it and just letting letting whatever happens, happens. Um, moving away from FC, uh, I've seen recently on your social media, you've been posting a lot more football content. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, is that something that you're wanting to get into? Are you? Is there sort of a an idea in your head that maybe at some point you're going to step away from FC and, and try and get back onto like, into the football, not necessarily playing football professionally, but the football side of content creation, or is it just something that you just want to post? No, to be honest, I just want to have like a mixture. Like, for example, like I spoke to Brandon Welbeck and he kind of helped me out as well with just saying like, you have to stay consistent, consistent, consistent. And I think I find it difficult sometimes just to post EAFC content, especially when like the numbers aren't so good or whatever, or there's obviously cycles of the game. So when it is towards the end of the game, everyone's just not really getting many views and that last two, three months is always so dry because, well, a new game's coming out soon so not many people care about this one and I feel like um, doing football as well, it just gives me that opportunity to, one, show like something else that I'm like actually good at because FIFA isn't like anything that I'm good at. So it's like it's nice as well because it's just a change. Like I'm not always just in my room making content but also when it comes to the dry months, I would have had like a community that I've also like collected along the way of the year that now can you know get decent views on like a football video which I always I just enjoy making football content like way more than EAFC content but I would never move away from EAFC I just want to merge the two as it's kind of the same theme as we were, as I said we were speaking like a couple of months ago I think the key thing I said was just be consistent from from my own experience on like social media is like as much as it's sometimes relentless mm. to post every day as simple as you people might be thinking oh it's just a post at 4 p.m but do that every day on multiple channels and to organize the content get it edited subtitled maybe thumbnails on it it is relentless and you need help with it otherwise it just gets to a point where it becomes a little bit too much and i think what you've done there is a great is like there's only so many packs you can open right as content mm. yes the views could be great but if you're a brand looking in as i said like the, what you know how can you really sponsor a pack opening video maybe a headset or maybe a controller or a game yeah. in something but other than that like when you're playing football and stuff as you have done with football boots and, and and other sponsorship opportunities you've had it just opens the door and i think it just shows you off as a brand in a completely different sort of light yeah so it actually opened up quite a few opportunities for me already and i've only been posting like football content i started when i first started my tiktok i posted a few clips here and there but i kind of like not consistently but what i try and do is just do like one or two videos a week where like football like IRL football was basically involved and stuff. And I had like the opportunity recently to go to Wembley to watch England, uh, Malta, one of probably the worst performances <laughs> from England in a while. But it was like in the FA lounge. So it was like really nice because obviously you get all the food, you get like um, all the drinks and stuff. It's just a really nice experience. I get sent like football boots quite a lot, like from Nike, from New Balance. I had some from Adidas. And also work uh, opened up like actual opportunities, like content wise and like, actual brand deals where I've worked with Nike and Adidas and stuff. So it's just like, it's opened up so many more experiences and I haven't even done, I haven't even focused on that that much. So my aim like for the next couple of months is to just focus on that football content and make sure it is as consistent as the EAFC content as I just feel like there's so much more that can come from football content. And it's the same way that there's not that many EA like creators streaming and stuff. There's also not that many like women footballers that are doing content with a good following. But where I get that head start is like, 
I've already got my followers from the EA stuff. So posting a football video, I naturally get more views because I already have followers. So the other girls don't even get as many views as me, although they post like football content consistently. So it's just working the way like together. Back to football, we all three of us actually shared a pitch uh, at Carroll Roads what, a couple of years ago, I think it was. Yeah, I think I quite enjoyed that day out, didn't I? <laughs> um, our team, we were on the same team for the first one. Oh, yeah. Um, didn't I genuinely cannot remember. Like, I think something it, mental like 8-1. Eight eight, yeah, we, yeah. We, we won the game. Um, I don't want to talk about that now, the, <laughs> my, my team in particular. Um, but... Those sort of opportunities you, you love doing, like just getting 100%. there. I mean, when we look back at that game, it was just we had Greg Hartley in goal, who was unreal. Yeah, who, by the <laughs> way, he's played. So he's played for Manchester Man City, City FA Youth Cup winner, and this man scored two against him somehow. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> um, but then I think Matt Foot trading pulled up in like the first three minutes. But but just... gave it the talk before. Right? He said he's going to be like Perlo. Yeah, pull up now, maybe, if he's playing. <laughs> he pulled up. Um, I just think the one thing about those the games is everyone talks such a good game, don't they? Yeah. Everyone yeah, talks yeah, such yeah, a good yeah. game in those football content creator games. Like, yeah, I'm unreal, play on the wing, get a few goals. <laughs> I just yeah, kept yeah. it really... I was just like, look, all you're going to get from me, you're going to get determination, hard work. And maybe a horrible tackle. But he did win the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always interesting, like those those charity games, like amazing though. Like we all got to play on Norwich City's ground when they're in the Premier League, still regardless of the Championship ground yeah. under the lights, like for content craze, unbelievable. Well. Yeah, it was a great opportunity, and I was like my first thing I was involved in, like charity match wise. That first one you spoke about, um, and obviously recently that second one as well. But that first one, it was scary because at a time, I think I had about like I don't know, like maybe like thirty k on TikTok or something, and like barely any followers on Instagram and probably averaging about 50 to probably maybe like 70 viewers on Twitch or whatever. So I was like, no one's literally going to know who I am. And like, I've just traveled all the way from London into Norwich by myself. Like I've spoken to people online and I'm meeting like 30 men. Like <laughs> I have no clue what's going on, but I was like, well, got to the hotel and like a uh, cow was there and was like, oh, like we're going out to the pub and like to the pub or like play. We were supposed to be foot golf first. Ended up in the pub, no foot golf. Um, and I was like, just getting in the car with like three random men. Sounds like, like, <laughs> sounds like cow. <laughs> Shout out. Um, so yeah, so yeah. it was just, it was a good experience. So I was like, I met everyone there and um, everyone was actually really nice. So Just building off the back of that, you know, you sound like in that moment, it could be easily quite intimidating, right? You know, being a, being a woman in that space where, you know, you're one of the first sort of to come through and get invited into those events. Like there must've been a part of you that was just like, you know, maybe a bit of imposter syndrome, like you, you but then inside you're like, got to do this, come on, I've got to yeah, get in like, there. I think it's just, I wasn't nervous about the football, like, yeah. I saw what the create, like, who the creators were playing, and I was like, I've seen them play online, like, I know what I can play live. And, and you saw them after the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I wasn't really worried about the football, like, it's just obviously meeting like 20 to 30 new people, all guys as well, like, so there's not just like one girl, like, but it's kind of a good thing as well because then I'm just forced to talk to everyone. I feel like if there was someone there, that was a girl. I would just like naturally like flow to them and then just kind of stick with them and whoever they kind of knew and spoke to. But because I didn't really know anyone, I kind of got to know everyone and like I wasn't like stuck with one group or stuck with the same person. So as scary as it was, like after I got the first one out of the way, I had another one who was in like Birmingham or something and like like Ryan Haber came down and was like, oh, hi, you're right. It was just like, it makes you feel so much like better straight away because obviously you know a few people, a few people will say hello to you and stuff and then 
yeah, you just get more comfortable then on the pitch and whatever. And you just, I kind of enjoy being the only, like, not only, but like being one of the few girls that get invited to these events because then it's like, I think, I guess you just get a bit more attention or whatever, but then there's a bit more pressure to play a bit, all right, or play a bit better. All I got told was, obviously, I, I not really spoke to you before that. I just got told, yeah, we've got uh, Sarah who <laughs> played professionally for for Poland. So, yeah. like, we've won. Then I got put a right back against TN, which he's huge. Yeah, we had <laughs> we had three defenders. It was me, you, and Nerdfire. Yeah. Combined height of maybe, I don't know, Nerdfire brings it down quite a lot. Um, it would, yeah. Bad day at the office. But for me, I was like, I, really, I was looking forward to playing, but obviously when you knew you're not good, like, so I'm a winger, I cannot defend, let's be honest. But um, I got put right back, but I'm like, you, I'm not going to argue with anyone. I'm just gonna... made that decision managerial, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it was? I just, I just wanted everyone to try and get some minutes. Yeah. Mm. Did the people's man. <laughs> I think the, the number one theme from that game, which I remember, and he did, I expected him to have a bit of backlash. Danny Aaron's maybe the biggest creator in the space, one of the biggest creators on YouTube. 15 minutes in, Danny, come off, mate. Yeah. I'm going to bring you off. <laughs> Sarah, go on. Yeah, I was like, this isn't good, is it? Like, everyone's just going to hate me naturally because everyone loves Danny. I was like, Danny, oh. come off, mate. <laughs> come on, the shots from centre back. I think he played in goal last time. I actually scored a penalty, didn't he? Yeah. Against Jin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was good fun. I mean, I think to sort of, as we said towards our ending sort of stages of the full 90 this time out, what would your advice be to sort of maybe there's women out there that are looking to want to do what you do, would love to do what they do, maybe just missing that little bit of advice or confidence to do so? Like, what would you what would you say? I would definitely just say, like, whatever you're thinking and, like, whatever your negative thoughts are, just, like, just put them aside and just try it and then get to know the community because I feel like once you get to know the community, just reach out to people. Even if you feel like they won't answer, like, they probably will. Like, I get a lot of messages sometimes, like, asking for advice and, like, I feel as a streamer that has done that before, you feel that responsibility to now also reply because if it wasn't for people like Alia and Pluit to start to like help like guide me with like TikTok and like, I know Pluit was helping me with my part ones and part twos like at the start. And I was like, you appreciate that help. So you want to give it back. So like, just feel free to message anyone like, and just be consistent and just give it a go because if you never give it a go, you never know like where it could lead to. I think in this job as well, like as a creator and streamer, you, it, it one is very lonely unless you've got like a group yeah, of people. 100%. So the biggest thing that always lacks is other streamers and creators speaking to each other, mm -hmm. like meeting up at, you know, charity games yeah. because there's obviously you're all, everyone's also thinking they're all against each other here, right? But then it's like, you're right. Everyone's playing this game but everyone's also like finding their own little paths and own little ways of sort of weaving around. So I think the more you can speak to other creators is good. And it's not in a way of like, oh, I want to nick your ideas and your content. No. It's like, right, just advice on like, it could be anything like... Just an opinion. It, like I like, I messaged Plute once. I was like, he had like 300K or something, 250K. And I was on like 20K. So I was like, he's probably not going to reply, but give it a go. And I was just like, like, what do you think of this? Like, would I be able to ask a couple of questions? Da, 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 da. Like I've just got this video that I'm stuck on whether to do like a part one or part two because at the time like that was like what I saw people getting views on quite a lot and he was like oh yeah like you're alright like just spoke to me normally like not like I feel like there's a fear of like oh you have less followers than them so you're just gonna get spoken mm -hmm. to badly because you're not like because they might have an ego or whatever but like I feel like it's not like that a lot of the time people will just reply to you and for him he was just like oh yeah just do a part two see how it goes and it went really well so then we kind of just started talking here and there da 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 and now like we talk. Quite a lot but like you said it's like important to have friends within the space because realistically like my days like i wake up i edit clips 
I record stuff and then I stream. So it's like all day, really, you are actually by yourself. Although you're talking, you're not actually talking to people. You're talking to people, but realistically, you're just talking to a mic and a monitor. So it's like you just get so lonely. So it's so important to just communicate and just chat. And what's what's next for you? Like, where do you want to be when you look forward? Obviously, continuing to grow on social media, um, maybe more focus on YouTube could potentially be the play. Like, what what's what's your aims? What are you wanting to do? So. Yeah, I just want to keep growing all my socials. Like I spoke to Brandon before, like that is my main goal. But also just um, going into that football signs of things like more consistently, merging that content. And then also, yeah, like you said, with the YouTube, like I started doing it consistently, started doing good. And it's just so much effort for YouTube when you don't really want to spend that money on an editor. So it's something that I want to merge. Like with YouTube, I want to do long form, but I want to do a lot of football stuff rather than just EAFC stuff. I feel like, you know, you get like your Chris MDs and like like Danny Aaron's now and Angry Ginger or whatever, like them doing those football videos on YouTube and they do well. There isn't a woman that really does that that I know of. So hoping to like maybe fill that kind of gap of just like the woman footballer on YouTube kind of thing. I mean, there's nothing to lose, is there? Do you no, know what I mean? Well you've, got a, <laughs> you've got a crack. In terms of like the future of streaming for you, yeah. do you see that as something that is always going to be part of what you do? Or yeah, do you want to do like... more of it or move away from it? or? definitely like the core of I feel like it's important not to lose like focus on like what got you here and stuff like I think that's the core and like the reason why I get the support that I do and other things is because I talk to my community and that's the way to like speak to them consistently and like actually like care about them you know because you can actually have a chat you can actually find out about someone's day whereas like if they comment something on your TikTok you're not going to be like oh well you like what did you do today do you know what I mean so I'll definitely always stream and stuff and as long as like I can handle not breaking any more things on the AFC and I have the equipment to do so, I will be streaming for however long, yeah. And my last two questions, um, how many controllers have you actually broken? This FIFA? Just in general. In general. general. Oh, definitely about like 25 to 30. 25 to 30 <laughs> yeah. controllers. I've actually got some in like a little goodie bag. Like I keep them as souvenirs. Can you not because... like get in touch with someone that fixes controllers or what's broken so I've the actually controller? started fixing some of them, yeah. So um, I actually done a mini surgery on a controller recently because the analog stick just flew out. I don't know how it happened, but um, I put it back in. So I was like, sweet. Then I spent like 50 good. But actually I've got a mate that runs a... Um, like a gaming shop you know how you get like game and like CEX so yes some equivalent so I get good deals on my controllers so it doesn't hurt as much <laughs> might buy the breaking <laughs> <laughs> got a good sell for a tenner if you want it um, instead of Buckley's big question this week it's going to be Brandon's big question alright if that's alright with you go ahead will you ever return to football professionally or, or try and play semi-pro or maybe play as just a hobby I mean, you're only 21 it's a lot of time um, I have actually played a game recently with this team that's like low league because I think the problem with me is like I want to really focus on my career and everything right now because I feel like with this job like early years are so important if you can push it and I just as much as I would like to and sometimes I get a real like urge just to play a 90 minute game that the charity games kind of come in and just like soothe that like need to play um, and then I have a team as well that I can just drop in every now and again when I want 90 minutes but I just as much as I would like to maybe give it another go like there's no way that I'd find the time to to give it another go so Probably not, no. Probably not. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know, like, I know how much effort it would take. Like, if I wanted to play, so, you see with guys, like, even if you're playing, like, step four or five, it's still, like, a decent, like, that's a good level to play in, like, a couple leagues under the Prem, whatever. But, like, with girls, it's not really. So, it's, like, unless you go for, like, a championship team or, like, maybe League Three, maybe even, not really League Four, maybe League Four, but 
unless you play like three or above, the level is good, but it's not like thingy. But you also need to train like four or five times a week. You I know, think maybe mean? it's a little message to Spencer Owen. Hashtag United women. Hashtag United then League Four, I think, aren't they? Yeah. I think they're after a winger, so. Maybe. Don't, don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on the Full 90 podcast. Uh, it's been great to hear about professional football to content creation and smashing multiple desks and controllers. <laughs> um, and hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I thank you very it. much. Safe to say, Rich, another good episode of the Full 90 podcast. A different episode as well and a great example of someone who's completely transitioned their career. Yeah, absolutely. From playing professional football to Poland, to uh, scoring many a goals with Mia Hamm on FC. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Sarah does in the future as well. Yeah, well, that's been another episode of the Full 90 podcast. We hope you enjoy it and we'll see you very soon on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.